Good morning, men. Today I would like to talk to you about standing in the power of righteousness. I'm not sure about you, but I know for myself this word used to scare the crap out of me. I used to think righteousness was a spiritual plateau or place that I would never achieve or spiritual destination only for those that really wanted it. Today I'm very aware that that is not the case at all and, the, and that righteousness is not a destination or a plateau that I can get to. But in fact, it's an action that's already been made. It's been taken care of. And there's only a few things that need to be done to be righteous. First, let's look at the word itself and see what it means. Righteousness, by definition, means the quality of being morally right or justifiable. Being righteous literally means to be right, especially in a moral, especially in a moral way. Religious people often talk about being righteous. In their views, the righteous person not only does the right thing for other people, but also follows the laws of their religion. Now, if you guys are anything like me, like I said before, this word scared me, and I knew deep in my core this was something I would never have or never understand, and let me explain why. You see, when I was a young kid around nine years old, I was introduced to alcohol for the first time in my life. This substance would play a major role in my life for a long time to come. When I was 14 and getting into high school, I started drinking more and was introduced to marijuana. So that was pretty much my life for four years. Drinking beer, smoking weed, skipping school, getting into fights, being a bad kid, making bad choices. Pretty much everything the opposite of morally right or justifiable. I mean, it was justifiable to me. All my friends were doing it, so why couldn't I? These bad choices and wrong, wrong living would also play a big part later on down the road, but we'll get to that shortly. So that was pretty much the PG-13 version of my high school days. I graduated high school by the skin of my teeth, and only because my dad drove me to school and made me attend my senior year. After I graduated, trouble and life would take on a whole new meaning. I was introduced to my two new favorite friends to go along with the alcohol and the weed, and that was the hard drugs of cocaine and methamphetamines. And my, and man, life sure was getting fun. I was doing what I wanted, when I wanted, how I wanted, and no one was going to tell me any different. My life was nothing but a 24-7 party, and it didn't matter to me who I hurt. It's hard to get a job when you can't pass a drug test. So I just learned quick to sell the drugs and support my addiction and lifestyle that way. I met all the right people in all the wrong situations, and my prideful attitude helped me fit right in into the life of crime. Every shortcut to life I could take, I was doing it. I won't get into too much detail about that lifestyle because it always plays out the same. I hurt a lot of people during that time in my life, got into a whole lot of trouble, and pretty much the only reason I didn't go to prison or die is because God had different plans for me, but believe me, it wasn't from a lack of trying. I don't tell you all this to prove that I'm worse than you. I say all this to show how far into the world I had fallen and how far away from God I had gotten. So, introduced to alcohol at 9, weed at 14, and hard drugs at 18, Fast forward to the ripe old age of 26. After just a few years of misery, death, and absolute hell on earth mentally, 
I finally gotten into enough trouble that everybody was done with Wade Clay. Mom was done, brother was done, close real friends were done, and including the state of Texas. You see, I couldn't manage my life, so the state was managing it for me. They gave me one last chance since, since I was already a year into felony probation, <clears throat> and they sent me to a state-funded drug rehabilitation center, and this is when God got a hold of me. You see, I didn't know at the time, but God had a plan for me. I was going to sub her up one way or the other, his way or the state's way. It was just a two-month two stay, but if I didn't complete the program and fly right, they would revoke my probation and formally charge me with the other pending felonies, which would enhance my sentence to at least 10 more years in the penitentiary. I absolutely had no desire to change, believe it or not, or had plans of doing so. I learned to do the song and dance to stay just far enough out of trouble to make it look like I was doing good. But I was just manipulating the system. Nothing at this time in my life was morally right or justifiable in my life. While I was there sitting in the rehab facility, everything caught up to me. All the running around, all the trouble, and all the pain I was trying to shove down came to the surface. It was the first time in almost 13 years that I was sober. In a positive way, not just sitting in jail and facing my life choices all at once. I got a visit one day from a county sheriff, and he was serving me papers, believe it or not. When I opened them, the first thing I read was the termination of rights petition, filed by my son's mother to take him away from me. You see, God knew in that situation the right amount of pressure to apply just to break me. This is where I learned sometimes God does give you more than you can handle to drive you to your knees. That night, for the first real time in my life, I cried, out, I cried out to God for help, and I meant it. You see, this wasn't a 911 prayer, a get me out of this and I'll do better prayer. It was a change of the condition of my heart. It was God helped me, and he did. I finally worked myself into a situation where God was all I needed because God was all I had. The next morning, I woke up, and I knew my life was going to be different. I just didn't know how, and I didn't know why. Now, again, for time purposes, I have left a whole lot of bad stuff out. As you can see, not a lot of right morally living for myself or for anyone else, for that matter. As a side note, I'd like to take this time to say if you are struggling with drugs and alcohol or would like to know more of the story, I would love to talk to you. There is a way out, and I would love to show you how. Now for the good stuff. God got a hold of me and I started living the clean and sober life to the best of my ability. After rehab, I lived in a halfway house for seven and a half months and learned basic life skills that would help me keep out of trouble. God introduced me to a 12-step program that helped me work through the pain and suffering caused from the previous years. And that program in turn returned me back to God and taught me how to depend on Him for a daily means. One of the vital sayings in this program, and a way to live, is trust God, clean house, and help others. So from the end of 2006 until 2014, that's how I lived my life. Working a spiritual program of action, keeping my side of the street clean, and helping others. 
This helped me grow spiritually and fundamentally taught me that my life really wasn't about me anymore. I didn't grow up going to church, and this, and at the time, Jesus was important to me, but I really had no idea who he was. This 12-step program I was involved in taught me a very valuable lesson in life. Follow the rules. I've always thought I was above the rules or that they just didn't apply to me at the time. So you can see where religion and following the rules was a complete foreign concept to me. I worked long enough in the program that something inside of me wanted more. More spiritual answers, more spiritual living, more Jesus in my life. In 2014, a very close friend of mine that I would consider a spiritual advisor asked me to be a part of a community called Kairos. I had just enough sobriety and just enough knowledge about Jesus <clears throat> that I could talk to other people about him and how he changed my life. Oh, and by the way, if I haven't asked you to work at Kairos, be patient. I'll get to you shortly as this table laughs. For those that don't know what Kairos is, it's a three-and-a-half-day encounter with Christ for men who are incarcerated. <clears throat> I thought I was going for them. It <laughs> turns out I was going for myself. That weekend opened my eyes to a whole new concept and realization that God had been there the entire time. I just didn't know how to see him or how to recognize him in my life. You see, I've learned through all this that God works a little, a little at a time. <clears throat> If he had shown me what I would be doing today, back then, I would have run for the hills and thought I was never, ever really good enough. You see, I've struggled with that thinking that I wasn't good enough my whole life. It stems from a single moment in my life well before I was born. I was also given up for adoption before I was born, and this would be the underlying reason for the drugs and alcohol and thinking I wasn't good enough in my life. God and I had an understanding in my younger days that if I would leave him alone, he would leave me alone. I know today that that's not the case at all. And actually, God had his loving hand over my life the entire time, even before I was born. <clears throat> so this Kairos experience opened my eyes to a whole new side of helping others and seeking his guidance and love in my life. So I was signed up. So I was signed up for the next Kairos a year later. I started studying the Bible more and more, and in 2015, just before my next Kairos experience, I attended a walk to Emmaus. And for me, this absolutely opened my eyes completely to who Jesus was. It taught me more about who Jesus really was and how to grow even closer to Him. So in the beginning of 2014 and to the middle of 2015, between more Bible study, the two Kairos walks, and the walk to Emmaus, there was a fire lit inside of me that I couldn't get enough and wanted more and more spiritually. This, coincidentally, was also the time I started attending Harvest Connection Church. It was a different name back then, but the same loving, spirit-led, life-giving people. It was the first church experience where I felt at home, and the preacher wasn't too bad either. His preaching was the first time I'd heard a pastor say, I struggle with this too. And this is how you can get through it. He not only preaches, he gives an, ac an application to overcome these things in your life. You see, over the years, my thinking progresses. 
As it changes as I grow older, the more spiritual advice I hear, the more I learn and understand I am good enough for all God has to offer me. This preacher mentioned one day in a sermon that righteousness is simply, it is as it should be between you and God. This was the first time I'd ever heard anyone explain it like that. So I started researching. In Romans 10.9, in the New Living Translation, it says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. This verse rings very true in my life today and also empowered me in the past to understand that I was saved. I really didn't understand what being saved meant, but I knew I was saved. Now, Romans 10.10 says, For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. Wow. And it is by declaring your faith that you are saved. I cannot express enough how much of an impact this verse had on me in my life. You mean to tell me that I just have to believe in my heart and declare my faith and I am made right with God? Sign me up. I am all in. You see, before I really learned what righteous was, I was trying to earn my way back into His good graces. I stopped getting into trouble, started living my life right, and trying to pay back or set right some of the wrongs I had done, hoping this would make me right with God. One of the steps in the 12-step program I was working taught me to make direct amends wherever possible. So I know what it feels like to make things right between you and someone else. And I'd hoped that one day I would feel like I set things right between me and God. All the times I lied to him, all the times I used him for the 911 prayers, and he would get me out of things and I would just go, go back to the same old Wade without missing a beat. I hoped that one day I could help enough people or suffer and sacrifice enough that I would be made right with him. Here's the big secret I was missing the whole time. The secret is Jesus. You see, Jesus paid the price for my sins, not just some of them, all of them. He paved the way for me to be right with God. I just had to say yes. What God was doing in those early days of my sobriety was preparing my heart. See, I believe for us to really change from the inside out, it's not up to us. We have to give the change to God. In order for this to happen... We have to get out of the way long enough for God to work in us. I believe this happens when we help others. While we're helping others and making it about them, our focus is off of, is off of us. And God can move in and take away things that hinder our connection with Him. Another thing I haven't told you is that I smoked cigarettes for 20 plus years. That first Kairos I worked, we went into the prison for about 12 hours a day, and they didn't really don't let you smoke in there. So I sat in the back and craved a cigarette the whole time. I was half-dazed and not really paying attention to what was going on, so the next one I knew I had to quit smoking. You see, God removed the drugs and alcohol from, him, from me, but he wanted me to quit smoking. So I did. It took a little help, it took some time, and some help from Chantex, but I quit. And I haven't looked back since. See, there are some things too big for us to remove, and we need God's help for that. And then there are things He wants us to do, you know, that whole obedience thing. 
So now back to being righteous. As I said before, I cannot express enough how much that scripture impacted my life. I was trying to earn my way back to God, and Jesus already paid the debt. All it took was for me, for me, to, be fu- for me to fully accept in my heart and in my core that that debt was paid. So now my reasons and motives for doing things has completely changed. I used to do things like helping others, being nice, living a spiritual life, because I was trying to earn my way back into his good graces. Now I do these things because it's what he wants me to do. It's his will for me in my life. For a guy like me to make all those mistakes, hurt all those people, live my life for so long according to the world, to stand up here and say that I'm right with God is very empowering to me. See, if you, if I know I'm right with God, what other people think and do is really none of my business. This feeling of empowerment allows me to do things that absolutely terrify me, like speaking at Bravehearts, taking meetings out to the prison, leading classes and studies at the prison, being involved at church, being around good people, and learning to live better every day is all a very foreign concept to me. But God is healing me one day at a time. One of the best decisions I ever made in my life came directly after my eyes and my heart were open to the real love of Christ. This decision was, I owed it to myself to have the best relationship with God that I can. And to do everything I can that He asks of me, regardless of how I feel about it. So far, it's been working out pretty good. So what is so good about being righteous and the empowerment that comes with it? Well, first of all, being made right with God is pretty empowering. How about Proverbs twenty-one twenty-one? Whoever pursues righteousness will find life, righteousness, and honor. How about James five sixteen? Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayers of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. 1 Corinthians 1.30 God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from our sin. Isaiah 32.17 And this righteousness will bring priests will bring peace. Yes, it will bring quietness and confidence forever. Matthew 6.33 Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Psalms 34.19 The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to rescue each time. I could go on and on forever because there are scriptures about being righteous throughout the entire Bible. The key point I want to get across is that to be righteous or made right with God, it has in part to do with seeking Christ. He paid the debt. We need faith and belief in Him to be made right. So through all this that I've been talking about righteousness, one of the main things I had to do was let go and let God. Let go of my past that held me back. Let go of any negative thoughts that kept me from seeking Christ in my life. And most importantly, let God run my life. 
One more scripture that I absolutely love and empowers me even more than having Jesus in my life would be having tangible proof that the Holy Spirit is working within us and working to change me every day. And that scripture for me is Romans fourteen seventeen. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. These virtues ring very true in my life today and provide me with more than enough proof that God is real and working in my life. I hope my story has helped you understand that you can be righteous, and it's a good thing to be this way. I hope my story helps you let go of anything that might be in the way of your righteousness and seeking Christ in your life. Because believe me, if Jesus can change this whole heart, He can change yours too. Will you join me today and stand in the power of righteousness? Thank you for your attention. Thank you for the opportunity to share my story and speak at Braves Hearts. And if you would, join me in prayer, and I'll close this out. Father, we come to you today thankful and grateful. Thankful for today and grateful for the opportunity at life. God, I pray you just open our eyes. Let us know that we've been made right with you, and let us believe it deeper in our core for everyone here and everyone watching that your son paid the price, and that we are made right in your eyes. God, I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a mind to think of you. And I ask that you guide and direct us as we go out through this day. It's in your son's loving name that we pray. Amen.